Shout out my girl Marissa for keeping a nigga fresh, you dig? I'm shouting out Marissa Mendez right now. She knew me for like 10 years. And Marissa, yeah, she was right on the money. Marissa, Marissa Mendez is here. Oh, oh shit. Damn. Marissa. This is Marissa right here. This is the reason why I'm flyer than all you niggas. <laughs> Thanks, too. You understand? This is my dude. This is Marissa, man. It's Taylor Gang and Don. We don't even got to say shit because Marissa explains it all. And you do know that. Hello. Welcome to another episode of Marissa Explains It All. I am your host, Marissa. Damn, I'm mad Lewis isn't here because I wanted his perspective on fucking R. Kelly. He sucks. Anyway, uh, it's me, Marissa. Joyce is here, Ariella, Prime, and then we have a special guest today. Yeah, yeah. One of my dearest friends, Melissa. I'm so excited. To Sorry, I didn't let the drum roll like build up the anticipation. Totally okay. I was really excited. To <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just went right into. <laughs> no, like so, I'm here. Melissa, I've known her since one of my initial like first trips ever as an adult to LA. I met her in 2013, and Melissa manages West Coast rapper Problem. And she manages Black Youngster, who is from Memphis. Yeah, he's from Memphis. Okay, yeah. <laughs> and a producer named Diego Av, who's gotten some pretty major fucking placements. And she also does publicity and was like behind the Do Weezy campaign with Mountain Dew years back and just hella shit. So this Damn. is my friend Melissa. I'm here. She is. And it was kind of cool because Melissa and Joyce and... Uh, Joyce's boo and my girlfriend Toon all came over the other night. On, what was it? Saturday night? Saturday, yeah, Saturday, Saturday night. night. The rain night. Yeah. And um, we just kind of had like an impromptu like, oh, what are you doing? What are you doing? Okay, come over. Come over. That was really fun. Yeah. I like stuff like that. such a blast. And I haven't seen you, Joyce, in so long. I love seeing you. Really? Okay. Um. okay. Um, and they met my friend from the East Coast that hadn't been out here. And as I was introducing you and introducing Toon, I'm like, Yo, my friends are fucking bosses. Because I'm like, this is my yes. girlfriend, Melissa. She manages so-and-so and so-and-so. This is my girlfriend, Toon. She works at Netflix. And, and, and then, That's and, how I felt but, when I was introducing all of you guys, uh-huh. like even you, to my boo. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, so like, this is this is And then you guys are all like, I was like, they're really, really dope. All, like the three of them. Mm-hmm. But then it was cool because I was even telling him, I was like, and she produces my show and puts everything together and blah, blah, blah. And he was like, wow, this is pretty cool. You got to have a, a strong boss tribe, you know? Yeah. Especially no, but out like, here in L.A. I really didn't. I mean, not not downing it. I just legitimately never realized. Because we're just friends outside yeah. of, like, music shit. And never, I mean, like, we all talk about our moves and stuff. But I don't know. I just didn't realize it's, like, gathered a room of, like. All of us together. My really like, dope girlfriends. Yeah. So. For me, as a, as a little, mm-hmm. it feels really cool. <laughs> as a oh. little. <laughs> You're oh forever going to be a little, though. But like, that was girl. such. Did you read the Babysitter Club? <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. That was such a VSC reference. Like, I, you are totally Mallory and Jesse. You've been posting so much about the Babysitter's yes. Club. It's, it's been um, seeping in. <laughs> yes. I love the Babysitter's Club. I read every single book when I was younger. I read every single mystery when I was younger. I read every single Babysitter's. Ever super special? The super special. Remember the, the winter one? Did you ever have the pat, like the book, the flip book? It's like, um, what was it? It was like, it was like oh. a special edition, like passport book or something. I don't and there were like letters, and like you could open the letters. Yes, oh, I yeah, did it have came that. In a box. Yeah, yeah something. I, I can't, yeah. can't really remember all the details. The winter special. Was the, it was like the five books snowed in one, and they were all oh yeah, really like a lot of words. Yes, I, I yeah, I loved that one. I think that was my favorite. I reread that whole series a couple times. Um, the little sister ones. They had the love the little I sister didn't, I ones. I thought they were good, but then I thought they were a little childish. They were childish, like, and the older. font was hella big. Yeah, too, and so then I, I felt stupid like yeah. It. 
I just remember I used to go to like the dollar store to go and get not the dollar store like the dollar secondhand bookstore really? to go and get them oh. and like they'd just be one dollar and I'd have like so many like my dad would go and I would go like every weekend I'd buy like five of them finish they, them through the week they would put out a new one every month I think once I finally caught up to it that's I would just go and then it was I think it was B Dalton books did you have one of those a B Dalton and then it then it turned into Walt Walden books Oh, Walden books. Yeah. I don't remember it being B. Dalton. It was but before I it turned Walden into Walden. Yeah. 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 So I my grandma Walden. would take me there. I would it was I was like the the kid that was like, Grandma, can we go to the bookstore and not to the toy Same. store? Yeah, me or if too. we went Same. to Toys R Us, I would go they had like the really cool book section with the little chairs and shit and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I would go get my babysitter's club books there. Yeah. So oh. all that to say, we paid the full price for I didn't know that there was although sometimes at the library I would go read like the little sister ones. I I remember after the babysitters club, because I guess like it came out before I, I didn't see them roll out. I mean they definitely, they they all definitely came out. Oh, that's why you oh wow, I didn't even think Duh, that's why you were able to go to the secondhand store because yeah. you were like so a sperm they've been out for they, like a year and a half already. <laughs> no, probably like a decade. No, by yeah, the time they've been she out for like them. ten years. Oh yeah, that's <laughs> so true. So then there was like another series that it was called the Madison Finn book series, and I just remember like it Might was be beyond our time. It was oh, so yeah. similar to the Babysitters Club that I literally emailed the author <laughs> and I was like. You would. And I, I was like, hi, Laura Dower. I was like, your series is my favorite series. I want to let you know that I'm so happy that I've found this since I've read all of the Babysitter Club books and you guys are so similar. And it was, I just, and Did she, she respond? She didn't respond, but I remember her like nope. website was like really cool. It was like the early 2000s websites where they were like really basic. Like but I would GeoCities? type of website. I just remember and I would count in how many people went to the site and stuff. I would just check it every single day like waiting for an update and she didn't update it f- like she didn't update it for like 6 months at a time or like 3 months at a time but I would literally check it every day. Wow, you're a nerd. Yeah, I was a nerd. <laughs> I emailed um did you ever watch the We Sing videos? We did you sing? ever watch We no. Come on, We Sing in Sillyville, We Sing in the Big Rock Candy Mountain, We Sing with grandpa's magical musical toys we sing what the, hell the haunted musical about? mansion what you? you don't know silly whim don't know silly does whim. anybody know silly whim in the building the silly nope. whim from sillyville she lost all her colors because all the people's colors started beefing with each other and they were segregating themselves and the squirrel warbles wouldn't talk to the fucking Whatever the fuck their names <laughs> were, look so lost. They're looking at each other like, like the squirrels. And then like the two, and then the two kids that I can't remember their names right now had to help save Sillyville and get everyone to talk to each other again and not be racist against the other colors. And then Silly Wim got all her colors back. Sounds like a phenomenal Next topic. Story. So no, what's on my wait. List anyway, I was saying that when I was in like twelfth grade. I mean, obviously that was all from my childhood. And then when I was in 12th grade, I found out that there was like um, a tape of like all the characters from all the different tapes. And they did like one video of they all like merged into one world. So I like ordered it and got way back into my We Sing thing. And I emailed the creators. It's like Pam Beal and something Sloan. And they wrote back. And I told them that they made my childhood and they were the reason why my life was magical. It was all types of stupid shit. (laughs) And yeah. And that was it. Um, but about the right, the Babysitters Club, I'm wondering if the writer. I still have of, so many of mine. I have none. But I was, I found out. I was watching all these Anna Martin videos like in the last couple of weeks because I, I don't know what kind of kick I'm on. I just got my book in the mail too that I'm gonna read. <coughs> Wait, <coughs> or, what book? 
She wrote a prequel in 2011 called The Summer Before, Babysitter's Club The Summer's Before. Oh, I'll give it to Yeah, once I'm done with it, I'm done, so mm-hmm. I'll give it to you for sure. Um, but I found out she did not write all those books. Of course, there, was, there were ghostwritten, Marissa Mendes. Did you really not know this? There's so many I need her them. fucking names on it. I would have thought that she would have wrote them. Well, Marissa. just like artists, their names are on things. That's you true, but I mean, like, stuff. Marissa, there's like 700 of those books. She could have wrote 700 stories. I don't know. But she said she was like that she had her hand in everything either way, though, and she would approve the final edits of all the stuff. But I don't even believe I that. I do not believe that. Oh, there goes your I magical was, child. Right. <laughs> I was sorely disappointed. Like, uh, anyway, well, sorry, I'm guys. I'm glad that I knew that at my age. To my 80s and 90s ladies that just listened, I know you probably just got your life. To everyone else and to the men, they were probably like, the fuck are these bitches talking about? I do apologize. Let's get into a topic that you will care about, and that will be R. Kelly. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, Do you have any dun, like sound effect for that? Okay, I'll take it. Um, before we get into it, because there's like so much to fucking unpack. Nova. <laughs> Nova's also in the building. <laughs> My little baby. Um, I wanted to say that after watching the 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 documentary, um, and this is like an all seriousness and it's kind of strange. I was like very oddly triggered because the way that he is with the women as far as like, let me preface this by saying I've ne- in no way am I comparing this to an abusive situation. I've never been physically, sexually, verbally abused ever. So that's it's not similarities there. But just in the sense of people saying, I can't understand why these women go to him and there's really nothing like keeping them there and stuff. Like, I kind of understand that because I I, control not even the control. Well, that I mean, his is way deeper than that. But I think being enamored in who he is as R. Kelly and having been fans from the past and then just being able to experience this and like they're just taking whatever else comes with it so let me explain this a little more so like as you guys know i've had my fly out guy for years it's really i've honestly i don't know if i've ever really had a fly out other than this guy it's just been the same one that you know i've been messing with for um five it'll be six years this year but i did it that last year um and you know i, I was telling my girlfriends at, at christmas time too because we had a little like girls christmas night and i was like you know Half the time, it's really cool, and you get to pick the brain of this person that you so admire and so care about and 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 hang out and have these moments that a lot of people would, like, die to have mm-hmm. and, and, and crave or whatever. And the other half, you're not speaking, and you're in a room that they're not in, and they call on you when he's ready, and you go to him and you serve a purpose and then you go back and you leave and it is the most empty feeling in the entire world and so i was talking to my girlfriends about this and they're like bro it's been five years like why the fuck are you still going back (laughs) and i i me a grown woman and i'm and and i i want to say too like i'm not a woman that that had lack of a, of a father figure in her life or, you know, had a need or a want for something or couldn't take care of myself and needed someone else to because he wasn't taking care of me. It was literally just one thing. Um, so it wasn't any of that. And, and again, he's not forcing me to go. Like, I'm 
willfully driving my ass to LAX and getting on that plane and going and coming back. But I was like, you know, for the 50% of time that it sucks, like it's kind of worth it to me, I guess, for the other 50% of sitting next to it. I mean, it had stopped being worth it, but that was originally what it was about. So I can say that I empathize with these women. I mean, I empathize with them across the board, but specifically in that sense. You really related. It, it really, and it was almost like kind of sickening because I'm like, I, I've, you know, I've talked about it. I've removed myself from that situation already. <clears throat> but it almost, it just made me appreciate it that much more that I did because it's so like, you know, and, and then I was like, maybe it's just me that he treats like this. But in one of our last encounters, it was two of us and she was more of a main than anyone and she was telling me the same thing and we were making jokes about how oh my god we got to eat before we go see him because you know he don't fucking feed us and da 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 and like i was thinking about it later the day i'm like that sounded that's a sad joke i'm gonna be (laughs) when when you do explain that it does sound like really prison yeah like sex slave but then you also well then that's the thing too is that like it's not always just sex exactly which is is how it can get confusing and kind of like a mind fuck Mm -hmm. like definitely yeah i've gone down there for two three days and we just sit there and fucking watch sports center and talk about I don't know. He tries to teach me baseball and shit. Like, like, I don't give a shit. But it's cool. It's a moment. And then we talk about music and we talk about different things. So it's like, and, you know, I was a super fan. And so these girls, we we saw them on the thing. They were super fans as well. One of them, right? The one girl that's now, like, Dominique that got turned into a boy, she was going to the trial with the other girl, right? Or were they just friends? Somewhere. I thought they were just friends. They might have just been friends. Yeah, then the other girl friends. was just going to the trial. But still, yeah. just like they were super, they were friends because they were super right. fans of R. Exactly. Kelly. So I do understand. Um, but, you know, I, I just kind of wanted to, to say all that because, you know, I think, um, I don't know. I, I know a lot of people are judging these girls. And I mean, it's a crazy fucking situation. I can't be happy. But. You know, it just it happens to a lot more people than you think. Not in that that deep of a realm, but there's a lot of artists out there that are operating like this, and a lot of Absolutely. women let it happen, well, including myself. I'm not judging anyone for it. I just wanted to, I guess, make it more real for people and 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 show y'all that it, it you know it's not just these random girls that we've never met in our lives and could be lying, could be not. Like this shit can to- totally can happen, and I can see how you can end up. In that situation. And just be in it. Yeah. And just well, never leave. Yeah. <laughs> One thought that I had too, like I had a friend ask me, he was like, I just don't understand because like, I mean, for us, like I didn't really like grow up, grow up listening to R. Kelly or at I least never for did. me, like I at least didn't recognize like who he was as a figure. But I just remember like the jokes like on the playground about him, like peeing on a 15 year old. Mm-hmm. Like that was like very, very normal. Mm-hmm. And like it, everybody knew, right? Mm-hmm. So then my friend was asking me, like, well, if we, like, I just don't understand why nobody said anything. Like, everybody's just a piece of shit. Like, what the fuck? And then I I was trying to explain to him. I was like, well, sometimes, like, not, like, it's okay. Okay, well, peeing on someone and videotaping it is, like, next level. But, like, even dating someone who's 15 and if you're much older, like, 10 years older, that might sound like a lot. But in a lot of 
instances and like in different like I know people who every high school bitch was dating exactly. the older guy that came to their school to pick them up exactly and they would tell all their classmates I'm not fucking with you unless you got a car and did it it's not crazy and like even like I have a coworker right now like her sister is in her early 20s and is married to like a 35 year old and like that's and they're the very regular kind of relationship like nobody says anything but they've been together for a really long time so you don't know when they got together but it's very normal so and then, then, like, the Olsen twins, I think, when they were, like, 17, were dating, like, some 30-something-year-old exactly. billionaires. And mm-hmm. Wilder Vald, or whatever his name is, was dating Lindsay when she was, like, 17. Exactly. And- exactly. So, and and that, and it's really easy to judge, like, surface level and be like, that is so, and, and I'm not saying it's okay, but I'm, I, I can understand why... You know, we kind of turned our head and didn't like, like go crazy yeah, over it. Or yeah. why there wasn't such an uproar because everybody yeah. feels like now, like if somebody does something, like especially a, a figure does something wrong, it's horrible. Right. But then you look at like people that you know, like we all have fucked up families and like we all have a fucked up cousin or aunt that does something crazy or like, you know, it's very, or it for us, it's not even fucked up. It's like very normal. Like mm-hmm. that's what Aunt Sally has a boyfriend that's 17. Oh, it's weird. Like, yeah. Whatever. Fucking Aunt Sally for yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. You definitely see the conversation, like how, you know, a lot of people are wondering why it took so long for these women to come out and also why people in the industry didn't say anything, you know. And again, to your point, Marissa, like if you're in the industry, you can understand why. You know what I mean? It's really hard. It's really happens. It's it's hard to explain it to the public. But it's like, you know, as far as those women, they were in their mind, like they felt like the chosen one. Mm -hmm. Like you think like a hip hop artist or any type of artist, R&B artist, whatever, they're at such a level where, you know, if they're reaching out to you, you're feeling like, oh, my God. Like, he can have anyone. Exact, He's calling me. Right. I'm the one. Whether you're dealing with half bullshit half the time and you're getting love the other half of the time, but you're the one getting picked. So, you know, I think it's that chosen factor. And then as far as people in the industry. You Nova know, agrees. Go yes. On. Thanks, Nova. <laughs> and like, you know, as far as people not saying things in the industry, I think a lot of the times, like a lot of people just they keep blinders on. You Absolutely. Know? And it's like, you know, your job's at risk or your life exactly. your whatever like you're not at a corporate job when you're part of the artist team you're part of the artist exactly you know like your pay your like your, your livelihood your ne- yeah, all of that is coming from them mm-hmm. so not to say that it's okay to just shut the fuck up but i i think a lot of the times you know a lot of the people on these teams they're there they're doing a job and they're like whatever fucked up shit you're getting over there like that's y'all i'm, I'm not I'm doing it right. I'm, like, I'm here to do a situation yeah. whatever so and i'm not saying that's right but again it's like the public doesn't understand really how that inner workings happens within the entertainment industry and the really tight-knit circles that Mm -hmm. are there well we also like promote like and not promote but pimp culture is like a real thing yeah it's a thing that's like made into pop culture like pimp mm -hmm. culture is pop culture exactly but it's also a normal thing that happens to normal people yeah and so it's like then why would people freak out about an artist doing it if it happens normally right and then, oh, no, sorry, sorry to cut you off. No, go ahead. The thing I have to say is, like, if you guys, like, can't relate to, like, an artist or, like, from the fan, like, fan artist perspective, it, it happens to just, like, normal everyday people, too. Like, you can get enamored with some guy and he, and he can control you and mm-hmm. make you, and you want to go and stay over there and, like, he, you do this, drop that to go and hang out with somebody that you know isn't really that good for you. People do it all the time anyways. All the so time. So it's, like, I, I can relate even though I can't. And it's crazy with the R. Kelly thing. I was in ninth grade when the tapes were hitting, I believe. 
And you know, to ninth graders, it's not crazy. It's just like, oh, he the pee thing was the crazy part. Yeah. It wasn't the fourteen year old. It that was, thing, I never yeah. crossed my mind. And, and because at that time we were fourteen, and I was fucking with older guys, so that wasn't the craziest shit to me by any means. But when I was fifteen, I had a boyfriend that was like twenty four, which I think back to it now, and I'm like, you fucking disgusting. That's creep. disgusting. That's <laughs> but I, I have the same. Situation. Yeah, like, and you know, but I also think back, like, thank God he. I mean, that's creepy in and of itself, but he didn't do anything extra creepy out of the norm or like. He wasn't like a crazed sex addict, always trying to have. It really, we didn't even have sex that much. I don't, I don't know what he cared about me for, <laughs> but it wasn't like super creepy, manipulative at all. Um, but still, so that to say is like it was normal to me. So in our in our in our high school in Woodbridge High, it was just like, oh shit, our Kelly pees on people. He he crazy, he crazy, and that was it. And then that was the same time Best of Both Worlds was happening, and we were fucking bumping that CD. But our Kelly never was like. God to me, you know, like I come from white mom who listened to fucking Led Zeppelin and shit. Like I, I fucking called Pam yesterday, just chatting. Pam. And I'm like, all this I R. Kelly Pam. shit. And she was like, what R. Kelly shit? I'm like, you don't. Pam's know. not even tapped in. I'm, and She's mind you, she like Pam watches the news on. and reads people magazine. Do, do you think it's in the regular news though? Like all this R. Kelly stuff. I, I don't, don't know. Isn't I don't it so watch. crazy? Because we're in such a bubble. I know we are. I don't I never watch. realize. Like, yeah. like you swear like you're so well versed at times and then you don't realize like you're in a fucking bubble i don't know like how much of this like i mean i think has... because the series went on lifetime okay it definitely... that's why i thought it would transcend yeah. into like white mother pam like i thought she would know it's lifetime yeah. i mean she doesn't watch lifetime. that shit yeah, my mom is not so. the mom that watches like the dramatic shit or any like those yeah. like crime my mom's like i'm sure like good morning america talked about it after it at aired, some point but, right exactly. but i don't feel like it you know took national news i think it was more of a conversational piece yeah you know like it created a stir on social so i feel like people older that aren't really that are like, on social media having yeah. the conversations like it really didn't impact them but she didn't even know way. about the p tape from oh oh one what do you what but again i think that was more urban urban culture as well and yeah. pam is what? Not in urban culture by any nope. stretch of the imagination. What do you guys think of all the supporters or all the people that are like still behind R. Kelly? Mm -hmm. It's so crazy. And I was reading a op-ed from um, the woman Jamila. I do not know how to pronounce her last name that appeared in the documentary. And she was just addressing the fact that a lot of black men are just being like, this is just all an operation to tear down another black man and this, that, and a third. Mm -hmm. And, um, and uh, she was just saying like, you know, this isn't about like skin color. Like, and for y'all to keep saying that is y'all, you guys are literally, literally legitimizing the plight of the black woman. Like, is it because these young black girls are there? Like, y'all don't care. And it, it's really interesting because I really do see a divide of like, of absolutely about the color. And it's mm -hmm. like, you know, y'all so hell bent on R. Kelly. Why you not worried about Harvey Weinstein or this, that, and the third. And John Legend made like the greatest point. He was he, like, I love, he was yeah, like, he uh, my G Harvey Weinstein got fucked up already. He lost his job. He lost what the fuck he's got going on. And I don't know the man. So I wouldn't appear in a fucking documentary about the man or wasn't like, don't know anyone that knows him or whatever. He was like, you know, we need to bring R. Kelly down. And that is what we're doing. And, and the reason I bring up John Legend is because people were calling him out as you guys, yeah. you know, who've watched the documentary, you've seen John Legend appear in the documentary and holy shit and um come on this is obnoxious and uh he was getting shit because a photo an old photo surface of himself and chrissy Teigen po posing with harvey weinstein it's like we didn't fucking know like it, look at this 
that this is, is this is ridiculous oh wow <laughs> um and you know and so like you know one guy that was like you know fighting the fight is like we're just trying to make sure that the energy is kept the same across the board and he's like bro let's just like why why like let's focus on this like this also okay so i and i only know a little bit of this but like they everybody is getting called out like yeah. across the board it, we like you know for me personally like i follow like the shade room world star like things that like i am interested about but if i tap into other things like they it's louis ck and all these other They're comedians and, like, everybody it's everybody across the board so it's it, it you really have to like keep that in mind and i think we are all so and this is a problem with like you know how we consume media is we consume media that that we're interested about so we're not getting like the full scope of everything and it's really skewing like our idea of the world like everybody's so like like my version That's of everything such a good point mm-hmm. we're only consuming the media that we care about and that, and it's because we have so many oh. options now and we have you know, fucking Apple TV where we could just download. I say that because I have it now. Hello. Uh, where we could just download the apps of the channels that we give a shit about. Yeah. And we specifically only watch that. And we follow. So your life yeah, is you're just, tailoring just that. Your you're tailoring, tailoring your interest. tailored to your interest. Yeah. And then when something like infiltrates it, you're like, what the fuck is that? Mm-hmm. And then you're probably really put off by it. You're like, I don't really give a fuck about that type of shit. Like, it know? just upsets me, though, because it's like, you know, and I, I get uncomfortable talking about specific race relations, especially because none of there's not even another black person in this room to speak for it as well. Um, but I think there is some things that can just be said, period. And, you know, you see black women appearing in this documentary. If it was a fucking documentary against R. Kelly and it was all white men, like, then let's talk, let's have a conversation. Like, maybe this is some bullshit, but it's like you're pre- being presented with fact after fact after yeah. fact and test maybe not fact let me just say testimony after testimony after testimony of experience yeah not just one person not just two person people people on people on people parents all of these things happening do you think every single one of these people is conspiring and and i don't remember who's i think it was charlamagne said it like what do you think he's just cutting a check to every single fucking person like it's not about being out for the money it's about getting this fucking monster off of the street like Mm -hmm. he needs to go to jail but also, and this comes with the prison reform system, this man needs help, man. Mm-hmm. He was fucking molested by his older sister as a child, and it spiraled. And I'm not taking the blame off of him completely just because he was fucked up, because you had the full capability to go to therapy all of these years and did nothing about it. You knew you were wrong. You've been hiding bad shit all of this time and do, taking no steps to fix it. But you can pinpoint where it stems from. Exactly. Yeah. So for all that to be said, you could have gone and fixed yourself, but he hasn't. So... You know, I do think he I do think he should get therapy, but I don't think it works like that. I mean, I don't know. Do they have like therapists in jail? Does anyone they know do that? have different. You can apply they for have, like, like different programs and, and stuff no, like there's true. programs ba- de- like depending on what you're going in for. Like if you're going in for, you know, something in it, there's drug situation for it. You could apply for a program where you're going to get so much prison time. But part of that will be going into their rehabilitation program. And if you want that, then the judge will you know, review that and possibly grant that for you within your sentence. Depending on the scenario. Yeah, and, and depending on what you're going in for. So, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. Yeah, he could use that. But, I mean, I'm just, I'm so curious to see where we go from here because, I mean, if there isn't any enough facts to prosecute, like, this man's still going to just be out. And 
unfortunately, we live in a culture where it's outrage, outrage, outrage for five minutes. And then, and then we just move on. And, and something else pops up in there. It's and like then that person could just live on. For yeah. the rest, and it's fine. So it's like in six months, maybe a year, this is a lot. In a year, if if nothing comes forward against him and, and he's free to go, are we going to... Are we gonna keep letting him put out music and book shows? Because well, I mean, he pulled. He did a club. Granted, it wasn't his weekend. hometown. He did a Chicago, club on right? yeah. Was so on Wednesday night in Chicago, packed house. Everyone had their phones out in his face, screaming, and he on the mic, fucking bold as a bitch, talking about I don't give a fuck about none of that shit, and singing, bumping, grinding, all that stuff. So it's like there's still an audience for this so, man. So how do you feel about like okay, if we went out tomorrow night and bump and grind came on and. All like you know we we're with a group of friends and like four of our friends are singing along like how would you feel like are we gonna I, say I'm anything? Not I don't know if that would like, bother me. Trick. I don't think you. Yeah. I, I know it's gonna trigger something for me. Like I'm gonna hear something familiar and all of a sudden I'm gonna get a really hella bad taste in my mouth. You I'm know still what I mean? gonna sing ignition but, if it comes on the radio. But I am. I'm like I'm not that type of person no, where I'm gonna. To be there we go. Oh my god. <laughs> That's gonna judge my friends or anything like that. Everyone has their a own good song choices, is a good song you know? and and to top and and to top it off. The songs all have moments in people's lives. So exactly. Ignition to me reminds me of 10th grade with my homies at the movies. Hey, pretty girl, I'm feeling you. That's creepy. Uh, you know, like all of that stuff. And it's like, so I, it's a feel good song to me, but I'm just listening. Yeah. If it's on in the club or the radio, guess what? If I know, I doubt it'll be on the radio. If it's on in the club, me listening to it, not giving a dime to that man. That's that's not a stream for him. That's not. I'm not going to Apple Music and streaming saying, his yeah. music. So mm-hmm. that I won't do. I'm not going. And I'm not going to a concert. Right. Mm-hmm. Not that I would have anyway. I I've never given a fuck. I've I could probably count on one hand the amount of songs I've liked from R. Kelly. And it's like the Fiesta remix, Ignition remix, fucking Snake, Move Your Body Like a Snake, my hmm, Big Tigger. Wasn't that? It was so random. Uh, <laughs> fucking um, World's Greatest was a good one. Um, and I do remember because that was also that same year that um, the rape allegations, I mean, I'm sorry, that sex tape allegations came out. And so they were remixing it in my high school to um, I'm the world's greatest statutory rapist. And like we just sang that like it was hilarious and jokey jokey and it's not funny at all. But all that to say, no, I don't I'm not judging the next person for singing along to he, he's got classics that booty like, come on, I'm going to sing along if I hear it. Um, but I'm not by any means going to do anything that's going to put money in his pocket. And it sucks that, you know, all these streaming services are reporting. His streams are now up 116% since the airing of the documentary. And it's like, you want to be mad when you hear it, mm-hmm. hear that news. But it's like, you, Expect you it. can't like you, you're being reminded of these good songs that you love and you're conflicted because you don't love the person, but you love them. Like there, I have plenty of artists who I've met in person and they fucking suck and I don't want to support them. So I don't buy anything, but I'm going to listen if it's around or if it's on my phone and stuff. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's it's a rough. And then Andrea Kelly, his um, ex-wife, or I don't know if they ever really yeah, officially divorced. Yeah, I think they divorced. Yeah. Kelly, yeah. Um, you know, some old videos surfaced of her probably, I believe they're saying they're from t- 2015. And she's looking in the camera and she's bragging like, yeah, I'm listening to my baby daddy. That's my baby daddy. And y'all can't say nothing because he did what he had to do for his children. And he wore a brave face and this, that, and the other and blah, 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 blah. And people start saying like, see, I can't believe um, Drea now. She's full right, of shit. Like what did she like say that. in the in the Lifetime special? Um, or was she in it? 
I, yeah, sh- yeah. I didn't watch it. Oh, you didn't watch it? I didn't, oh, I don't yeah. have a TV. Oh, yeah. I don't, do, I don't <laughs> have a computer. I, oh, okay. okay. <laughs> um, I, you could download the Lifetime app on your phone. I can give you a login. Oh, perfect. Yeah. I want, I've been wanting to watch it. Yeah. My dad gave me she his cable like login. She was like one of the main ones. Yeah, she, was, was she spoke in every episode, all six. Out of all of it. And she was just, you know, hard body karate against R. Kelly. Fuck him. Fuck the situation. He's a monster. He needs to go away. Like, you know, all of those things. So it was just a very different energy that she kept in this video. But, you know, I said it on Twitter. I'm like, this is a a battered woman. Mm -hmm. This is a woman who has dealt with a narcissist and has been uh, mentally abused, possibly physically. Went through ups and downs. Yeah. Happy times, sad times. And so, like, you know, and obviously, like, a part, like, she was staying for a reason as well. I mean, obviously, he's abusing her. But, like, there's that, could be that level of enamored, enamory, is that a word? As well, where you're still kind of, enamored by the fact that it is in fact r kelly so i can also understand you can hate this man but still like have that little bit even even a clout chase factor and want to stunt on social media like yup that is my baby daddy in your head you're like i'll never fucking right. speak to this man again but and that's I'm what i'm stunt saying on it's like media. because she you know because she was part of it everyone's pulling her stuff and showing her and stuff but h- how often in real life are we friends with people that are with people and they'll tell us something terrible and we're like girl do not go back to him mm-hmm. and they're like i'm totally not i'm over it. and then totally. a week later you don't hear from them and you're like where are you at girl and they're like oh with Deontay you're mm-hmm. like I thought you fucking you know what I mean yeah. so and no, that's totally. just and that's the cycle yeah. you know so you can't sit there also and be like oh well she didn't hate him then but she hates him now like you can't we're human we change it, like, yeah and everything relationships different. dynamics change and she also clarified that there was a lot of times where his legal team was holding shit against her like unless you clean mm-hmm. this up like you ain't getting no fucking money for these three kids that you have. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot. It's a lot to take care of. What the fuck does Drea do? Does, you know? Because like, that's your safety net. You're telling exactly. her, throw it all away and stand on your own two feet when mm-hmm. you haven't in how many years? Exactly. You and, know? And, and, that's and, a she lot. She was doing her own thing, too. She's she on a fucking reality show and yeah, she danced a really. little. Yeah. But, no, okay. but no. I mean, like, you know, to go from that stability yeah, no, no, no. to no, be no, like, no. have your own. No, no, no. I, I definitely that's agree. That's tough. And again, it's it's a we're talking about a battered woman. That's so the it's main like, part that I yeah, want to Yeah, like, yeah. you know, so it's like your mental is just not fully okay, you know? And I don't know if she's ever gotten the help. I mean, I, I do believe she said that she's since then gotten the help that she's needed. Um, but I'm looking at this, Joyce. Who, whose quote is this that this she put? This Kiki Palmer. Kiki Palmer. Okay, so Kiki Palmer um, put out a statement. Has she worked with him? Yeah, she considers herself a student of R. Kelly. Okay, so she said... I've spent the last hour crying as a student of R. Kelly's for the time I was and having been around his light and understanding the obstacles he overcame as a child to actually be birthed into the musical genius he is today, all to put others through the same darkness he was running from is the most disheartening thing to accept. Many people experience hardships and do not allow themselves to find freedom through their passion enough to shine a light. R. Kelly received that grace from God. God blessed him to vindicate his childhood shortcomings, and yet still he has slapped God in the face by his actions toward these women. I'm hurt and I'm saddened because he could have been a blessing to these women, but instead he repeatedly took advantage, and that I cannot accept. Mm. That was, that was real beautiful. Shit. That's that very, very, very well written. written um, yeah. Lady Gaga also denounced him and mm-hmm. is removing their uh, do what you want from streaming services, but she actually, even years back, had uh, taken him off of the album version, and it was only somewhere else as the or some or the single version and it was only on the album something like that whatever there was she did something that took him off back then as well um but now she's removing him completely you know who i am interested to hear from and have not yet and i'm curious if we ever will is ty dolla sign because ty had r kelly on his debut album and r kelly had ty on his album 
And as a student of R&B, I'm sure, you know, R. Kelly is God, I'm sure, to him. You know what I mean? So I'm, I, but Dalit sign is not the guy that just jumps right into controversy or He's not anything very, of the sort. And again, I just feel like, the, anything. I feel like the men are taking it a little bit different than the women are, mm-hmm. you know, because and I it's, think, it, it's yeah. one of their own they're looking at. So again, they keep, yeah. they're like, why, you know, you're not looking over here, you're not pointing fingers over there. But, and, it, and I think that's really, it sucks for the females because we're still in a place where we're trying to be comfortable letting our voice be heard when we do go through through things with, mm-hmm. you know, men. And it's difficult as it is. And now, you know, these women came forward and you have this whole thing. And now it's like they're getting bashed for doing it. And so that only wants us to, like, tuck back behind the door again and shut the fuck up. And we yeah. shouldn't have to. We should be at a point where... If it's wrong, it's wrong. We should be able to feel comfortable saying it is. Mm-hmm. Well, everybody, I feel like people are still going to be, especially men, a little bit more careful about what they say. Like, if if are we going to go for it? Like, say that this is wrong, or should we just kind of hold back? Right. Because, you know, it's I feel like Ty would just be the type Ty's of person to just pull himself back. out. Yeah. Like, Ty you're not going to get anything. anything. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's, yeah, no. But, I mean, um... You know, it's it's been refreshing to see these people speak out and Joyner Lucas is a fucking idiot for whatever the hell he, he, I forget what he tweeted, but I already didn't like him from like years ago when everyone was on like the Karen Civil hate train. Oh yeah, and then and he, he like jumped, jumped on, on social it. media yeah. and was like, yeah, she took my money too, this, that, and a third, and then like turned around three weeks later and was like sucking Karen's dick. So it was mm-hmm. like, he been a clown to me just because you made like a cool, meaningful video don't make you... A meaningful human being like Joyner Lucas is a fucking idiot, um, but I I am happy to see that a lot of these celebrities are stepping up and speaking out, and um, they they even showed in the documentary they showed a few they showed Ebro in the morning they showed Joe Budden's mm-hmm. podcast and they showed um, the Breakfast Club like all speaking out and and then like that was actually an interesting moment I was like wow used to be on that show used to be on that show <laughs> never was on that show uh, but yeah so I mean I don't know I feel I feel. I feel, I don't feel anything. I don't know what I feel because I don't, it's so up in the air. It's like, and it's crazy because this Joycelyn Savage, her family was speaking out last year about that their daughter is held captive with R. Kelly and shit. And it's like, it's crazy how we could just choose to like not look into anything because we just legitimately don't care and we're just busy consuming other media. And like, I legitimately never had a second thought about it and I saw p- bits and pieces here and there, and I, you know, and now we see. And that's another thing because everyone's like, oh, you know, where was this outrage before? Like, well, we didn't fucking know all of these six hours worth of facts. Right. Yeah. Six fucking hours. It's a lot of facts or whatever you want to call it stuff. And I, like, I didn't know a lot of those women. Like, that was the first time. I didn't know any know. of that shit. I didn't yeah. know that the 14-year-old girl was Sparkle's niece and that the yeah, girl's right. father is R. Kelly's drummer and that yeah. the girl's brother I didn't know any of that. is Chance is the Rapper's nice. brother. And whoa, 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 whoa. That's Wait, why what? Chance, you know, people are saying, you fucking knew. Oh, and he's like, no, shit. I didn't. Yeah. Wait, I had, well, and well, the girl. Wait, this is like an onion <laughs> of a lifetime special. Yeah. Like, that, you just go through oh layers of layers. The girl has been at Chance's dinners. in one week? In not even a week. It was in yeah, three days, was, two yeah. episodes a night. I don't know why they did that. Why not just do, so like, weird, yeah. why not make each episode two hours or do one episode? Like, what was the point of, so, so I literally know. don't understand. Backtrack with the chance thing. Yeah. So the girl, the girl, the 14 year old girl, no, she's our age now. Um, her father is R. Kelly's drummer. 
which makes sense of the whole family's being paid. That's why they never spoke out. Let all that shit go. My mom, I was telling my mom about, she's like, that is disgusting. No one can buy my silence. And I was like, you're right. Fucking tell <laughs> yes, him, Pam. Pam. And so the father's other kid, the girl, uh, the girl's brother is um, the drummer for Chance the Rapper. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. And you know, it's all a Chicago thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Crazy. It's sad. Yeah. It's sad, and I hope um, what I'm really most upset about, I would say, is the girl Dominique, because not only has that she been through- That was the one that oh. he met in the mall, right? Was she the one that- No, this is the one that he turned into a boy. I don't remember where he met her. Oh, Yeah, okay. and she escaped. Yeah, yeah, she yeah. actually escaped. Yes, okay. And then they say in the last episode, because they don't, it's like, you know, you see she escapes the hotel and runs with her mom, and then you don't get an update for like two episodes. You're like, well, is she, is she <laughs> out? Is she in? Dominique. Like, where the fuck's Dominique? And at the very, very end, wow, I'm starting to talk like Larry David because I've been watching so much Caribbean enthusiasm. Holy shit. Um, at the very end, they did like a print update and they said that Dominique actually returned to R. Kelly three days later and then she left again on her own will and now she's back with her parents. But the thing that upsets me most about that, and I, you know, if you don't watch the documentary, you may not know as much, but R. Kelly, um, she was a girl, she was girly when she met him and she was a really pretty girl. The picture they kept using as like the main image, um, cute makeup, nice hair, everything. Um, but uh, her, apparently she was a tomboy and he preyed on that. And would make her, you know, made her cut off her hair, get all tattoos. She was like a, like a lesbian stud, like 100%. And um, the, an employee that, like, sp- spoke under a nominee was saying that he makes her put, like, a mustache on and a goatee and shit like that and, like, makes her be his little boy toy. Um, and so even when her mother rescued her, she was in a wife beater and, and, and basketball shorts and a hat and all that stuff and slides. Like very, very, Masculine. very, yeah. It was a form of control was to yeah. control how she looked and how she acted. But I say that to say, like, is she going to be extremely confused about her? I mean, on top of, of all of the abuse that she's getting over, yeah. 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 her sexuality. And it's like, but it's so strange because it's like, you were messing with a man though. So it's like, but I'm sure she was also engaging in threesomes. I don't, it's so, it's like, but now you almost identify potentially as a man. Like it's so, it's a lot, it's a lot to unpack. It's a lot. Mm -hmm. I hope that she's, you know, surrounded. I mean, I'm sure she is surrounded by love with her family and and getting all the help she needs. And it's just, it's almost like it's going to take so long. He, he, not only did he steal those years of her life, but he stole so many future years of her life that she's going to try to get back on some sort of track. And even then, she'll never be 100%. the person yeah. she would have been if she had never fallen into that ma- that monster's hands. Yeah. Well, that's really somber. Let's- I know. I'm like, wow, it's such a heavy <sighs> note. Okay, y'all. It's January, which means wedding season is on the horizon. All these spring and summer weddings are about to be popping up. And... Zola will take the stress out of your wedding planning completely with, well, not completely because that shit is just stressful, but they have free wedding websites. You can make your dream wedding registry, affordable save the dates and invitations and super duper duper easy to use planning tools. Over 500,000 people use it. I put Kiana on, I put Carol on, you're welcome besties. And I want to put y'all on too. You start with building your own free website. There's over 100 designs. You can add an FAQ section. You can add directions to where the, the ceremony is going down. You can add like a memory lane picture section and show how y'all met and all that stuff. You can add your registry, all of that. And you can make your registry through Zola. And they have free shipping and returns for your guests. They have price matching. They have over 500 top brands. Like, 
it's really super lit. To start your free wedding website and also get $50 off of your registry, go to Zola.com slash ZolaX. That's Z-O-L-A-E-X. That's your code. It'll get you $50 off. You're welcome. Let's switch up to something very exciting. Music. We're still talking about music. Um, random quick one second thing. I have nothing else to say about it. But last night I went to the studio with Zoms and um, it was a session with the game Zombie and Meek Mill. Cool. Yeah. Hey. And um, yeah, it was game. Game I've never been a fan of because I think he's like super misogynistic. Oh my God, don't go there. And like Do so much. talk about my game. Oh, he is very so misogynistic. Oh my God. And um, even so much so that one time he came to hot and I literally didn't even like acknowledge his presence because I was just like taking a super stance and I hate people so that talk terrible. shit about people on social media and then they see them in real life and they act like a super fan. So I didn't want to be that person. Good. Stand your ground. Yeah, but I- then I went to a studio session last night so didn't really stand my ground. I don't know. Um, nope. damn it! That was a Larry. That was a Larry fucking thing too. Oh, so bad, so bad. Uh, but um, he's nice though. I met him before with Mike at like some party weekend, like one of those shits, Grammy or one of those. He's nice and nice looking. He's not nice looking, he's but he's a nice, nice person. Looking. But as we were walking in, Zoms was like, "Oh, Meek's here too," and then I was like, "Oh, cool," because you know, you know, we all know Meek from around the way and shit. And um, and Zombie has produced a track that Meek has been on, the They Don't Love You No More track with DJ Khaled and Jay-Z and French and someone else, and then Romuel. Um, but I just say all that to say, I didn't realize until like 20 minutes in, because while I was sitting in there, I was like Googling, like have Game and Meek ever did a song together? Just kind of like getting a reference if I'm like seeing a cool moment of their first collab. And then I forgot that they had a fucking deep Class ass beef. <laughs> and this is their first time coming together. And just in December, Meek said, yeah, I'd be open to doing songs with Game. And then I was like, oh, shit, I am I am part of a moment. Yeah, a yeah. moment I didn't realize I was looking for a different moment. But um, yeah, so in my writing for Double uh, XL today, I added that into my story that they were in the studio last night. That's and amazing. I made sure to add like, with Start It From The Bottom producer, Mike Zombie. Da-da-da-da-da. Zombie. Uh, Got to give the homies a shout out. Hell yeah, and you do. speaking of homies, it is time for uh, the once a week Guap Dad 4000 reference. He is currently part of the 90 artists and counting that have been invited to Dreamville's big, amazing sessions down in Atlanta for the Revenge of the Dreamers 3. <laughs> I think the whole thing is so fucking cool the way they're doing it and like creating this fanfare and like allowing all these people to just come in. I mean, you know, I don't think all these people are going to like appear uh, vocally or even production wise on the records, but I think they're probably, you know, lots of people are going to get writing credits. Oh, no, I'm looking at that shit like a Grammy camp, man. Yeah, that's like a ticket to the Grammy. So wait, what's a Grammy camp? Well, I'm just calling it like a Grammy camp because oh, like a ticket to the Grammy. Oh, yeah, I was like, oh, like, cool. Is it's there like, like a everyone's thing? getting a ticket to like go to a Grammy camp because that shit is definitely gonna get oh nominated for sure, next yeah. Year. So it's like you're having an opportunity to be in the room to potentially be Grammy nominated next year and like, just and and what? it's it's like a what? networking uh, amazing uh, the experiences there. I mean, because you have everyone from J Cole, Ti, Wale to the Guap Dad 4000s yeah. that you got the a lot of people don't really know. Starters. Yeah, and all like I was room. reading the list today. And the fire starters. And it's like, I don't know a lot of those fucking names, but I'm sure they're all fucking talented as hell if they're getting invited. Oh, yeah. And then like I saw my boy Marty Grimes, that we've had him on our on yeah. our show. He got invited down yeah. there. Um, you know, so it's, it's really cool. And it's just, again, I think it just creates like a whole different level of excitement to... You know, and it's reminiscent of Kanye's Wyoming sessions and stuff. But, but not like, even. It's not, like, not, like Kanye's, that was, 
that was a half-ass great attempt. Yeah. I'll give him that. But he's not know? creating but, the the fanfare no. that, that Cole is and the... the Kanye did it for, like, the show. Yeah. Like, and, it was and more it was, about everyone come watch what I did. Right. And Jay it was Cole big was names, like, too. Yo, you just got a golden ticket. Get your ass. It's literally, it literally yeah. is the like, golden ticket. Is. That like, is so real. Yeah, like, it I feel like I'm ticket. watching, like, the reality <laughs> series, like, America's Next Great t- J. Cole and Talent. And it's like, you know? <laughs> it's, like, so exciting because, like, the artist gets their invite and, and they put they it up on it. And everyone's like, oh, shit, oh, shit, they're going too. And then you got to see if it's real or not because now people are faking them. And you know what I mean? And they're trying to get you and, like, right at the bottom will be like, please do not contact your dream boy. You know what I mean? So you got to, like, read the fine print, which is cool too because it's like it's creating such a conversation that some people are literally taking these and like flubbing them but putting them to get that attention in that Mm -hmm. you know like people talking and stuff it's the most genius social strategic rollout i've seen in so long from i feel like this is something that you would come up with oh my god well i feel like we did that with problem with s2 but again you're talking we're independent so yeah, our budget isn't dreamville you know yeah. but i mean i want to and not even just because i manage prop like we did that for s2 you know like we just didn't do it to this caliber of, of what j cole and dreamville is doing because you know that's a lot of coin <laughs> but but and you think they're flying because it says contact oh yeah, for, they're, for yeah they're flying they're flying that's and a pay. lot of yeah, money because i know a couple that are out there so yeah so they're getting their their housing paid for they're getting their this flights paid imagine for. being one of these artists it's like, crazy this is I so mean, exciting yeah. it's literally the golden ticket yeah like, it, it is. is and it's like the countdown because it's like you know it's like from the 6th to the 16th so you're like oh my god okay it's jan 10th there's only six days left like who else is going to show up in the last six days you know what i mean like <laughs> it is it's just, just like every really, day you're getting more yeah. yeah like they've they're they're smart in the sense of they paid attention to what the conversation is with cole which like this whole year it's been like what is happening with him and like what is like what's gonna go on because no one's seen anything and like they use that to their advantage of like shining that spotlight to be like all of these people are gonna tell you the story of what we're doing you know wow, i didn't even see this is why melissa's here so oh, let yeah. me give some background yeah, on Melissa, even though we kind of low-key did our- um, Wonderful guest. So as I said, she manages and she does publicity. So we met. It was 2013. Karen Civil had her annual Live Civil brunch. I think it was only like the second year, right? It was like yeah. only the second annual. Yeah, so. it was the second one. We were in the brunch line together. I didn't yeah. even know you. I just thought I was like, I want to fuck with her. She looks cool. Yeah, <laughs> and so I was out there. It was uh, it was like my first. Like I had, let's see, I went to LA for the first time as an adult a year prior when I broke up with, with Smoke. And I had stayed with Karen for two weeks and kind of experienced it. I enjoyed it. So fast forward to November of that year, and there was like a JetBlue sale, and I purchased a ticket and ended up at her brunch. So we're on the lunch line or brunch line, and it was me, you, and Nikki G, I yeah, believe. Nikki yeah, Nikki G. Oh, shout out And so Nikki. you girls were already friends or no? Yep. Okay. Yeah, I already knew Nikki. So we just all started chatting, and I'm amazed to this day that we kept a friendship because me particularly, I'm horrible, like, you know, at maintaining any type of something outside of like, I'll meet you once and be like, yeah, let's be best friend. And then like, I'll never talk to you again. Or like, you know, I'll, I'll like every picture and comment like heart emojis and shit. But that's like literally as far as it'll ever go ever again. <laughs> yeah. And somehow we managed to like stay friends for you. What is like, do you remember the second time we hung out after that? Like that's Well, you would us? come out here every so often and yeah, I would just pay attention it. on social. Like every oh, time I see you okay. out here, I'd be like, yo, let's link. And we would either, you would either be going to an event that I was already going to and we would like link up there. Like one time we 
Lane's by my house. One time you stayed with me. Oh, for the I Am Sue lesson edition. And that was yeah. the first time I met I Am Sue. And we met David Ali together. Yes. Yep. And like wow. all of that. Who's Kehlani's manager Yes, now, who's so. amazing. Shout out David. Also yeah. doing super dope things. He's definitely a, a manager that I've always looked up to for sure. It's so cool to see like our peers just like It's growing. amazing because yeah. I mean, well, I'm from the East Coast too. So I've been out here. It'll be nine years in February, which is so crazy to me. Yeah, uh, February is my anniversary yep, as well. It'll be but nine it's years. Just two for me. But like when I first came out here, it was like I starting to run in the circles of like the David Ali's and, you know, Jamil and a Dre with Post, like all those guys. Jamil is. Jamil is uh, part of G Easy. G Easy. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Like all of those guys were in their, in their start, you know, and all of us were just out here figuring it out and like you know just meeting each other and and finding out how like synergies could you know collab and things like that and now to be here nine years later and like you know now i'm president of of heavy camp which you know black which Youngster's is black label. youngsters label so it's like now here i am president of the, that label manager of problem you know managing diego project managing for Basewag. You know, David has Kehlani killing it. Jamil, he's Easy's killing it. Yeah. You know, Dre Post is killing it. Like, but you know what's so funny? So you saying all the of these guy. things is you're just naming man after man I was just after say the man. Same thing. And then, like, for those that are only listening and not looking, Melissa is a teeny tiny white girl. Like, that's <laughs> that's what we're talking about here. And I'm single. But like, I know. you I'm know, like, let's add that. Even just to say that, right? And we we think of you know we see black youngster on social media. I've had the pleasure of meeting him through Melissa a couple times. But that's that's a handful of a person. Oh yeah. And so you're not only Jeez. dealing with that person. Now you're you're the president of his fucking label. So it's oh, yeah. even bigger than just that. And and you know and like since I've known and like Melissa is a boss obviously, but it's like when you meet her and you know she's she's smart and great and articulate, but you don't get that Sometimes. like pit bull from you you know and you would assume and and you i mean you get your fucking business done yeah but when you meet you you you'd be like it's still surprising to hear like that you manage these people because it's like you just come off so like dainty and nice and happy and sweet and it's like how the fuck are you managing these psychos but like, i think that's what it is too you know well and like first off don't get it twisted like i still you know like if shit's not going right shit's not going right and i'm gonna step up and make sure it happens but i just never agreed with that approach because coming up i would see other managers and i would see where they would get which would be basically nowhere being an asshole because like they were in the position that they could because they had an artist that someone else wanted which like essentially a lot of people want to work with youngsters so a lot of people want to talk to me you know mm -hmm. but with me I'm like you get so much farther with sugar than you do with salt mm, and I just like and I saw that firsthand so when I decided you know after owning my own company and doing PR for so long and making the transition into management and now running a label I'm like I'm not doing that you know like I'm not gonna be that person and I feel like that's what's gotten me so far because I walk in a room and like people are excited to come over and talk to me and they don't feel you know weird about Intimidated. it. Yeah. yeah like it was wild to me I was uh I did a meeting today at Triller and I had just finished the meeting. I was leaving the meeting and I was walking down the hall and someone from the trailer was walking back down the hall with these two guys and she waved by to me and like the one guy stopped and he pointed at me. He was like, Melissa, uh, Melissa with Youngsta? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, oh my God, I've been following you for a minute. I'm Juicy J's manager. And I'm like, oh wow. Wow, that's dope. And like, 
I'm like, oh, hi, what's up? He's like, I can't believe I'm finally meeting you. Oh my God, I've been wanting to meet you for so long. I'm like, you follow me? Like, he's like on Instagram. I'm like, oh, okay. And he's like, I want to talk to you about some things. So wow. like, can I get your? And it was just like such a moment for me because like I really, you know, I'm very humble. Like I feel like I have so, and I do. Like there's so many more levels to go for me and like things I want to conquer. And like I can't wait to be like the scooter brawn of this fucking hip hop game. And but like. Know. To have that moment to be stopped by someone like Juicy J's manager who like, they you know, they've been doing the shit and like he's been tapped in with me and I didn't even know who he was. Like I kind of felt like, damn, like I don't even know who this is. This man's been following me. He's like, I'm a, you know, I'm gonna get in your DM. So you remember, like we're gonna get on the phone next week. And I was like, okay, cool. But like that to me, like those moments I live for cause like it's those little God winks because this shit is hella hard. And like you said, I did name all guys. I really don't have, I don't have, yeah any really women to women that are managers yeah. that that I can go to and that I know personally I'm sure they're out there but like I would love to have like a camaraderie of other female managers Did that you I could have go a mentor? to um no I just got thrown into this game I want to back up because you, know, you know I think it's so like dope to you know as another east coast girl me too like I I didn't I wasn't born into a family with any Nothing. type of connection whatsoever. Nah. Like, and I've told my story a billion times. Everyone knows Dipset to Cameron to blah, 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 Hot 97. So you're from the fucking Poconos, which is like, at least I was from like, you know, just outside of New York City. Like, yeah. how the fuck did you get know. from Poconos so to this? <laughs> I need to know too, because I feel like I've known you and like, I'm so like your energy, your vibe and like, like everything is so inspiring. But I really here? feel like I know nothing behind before what we have before us now. And again, it's like Melissa, you meet her and she's legitimately like the girl next door. So it's like, to me, the story is, the, I mean, cause me, I'm, I'm like eclectic. I'm a little strange. So like, you know, you meet strange people in, in the music industry, but you're like just normal as pie. <laughs> and so I feel like people hearing your story, it's going to be super inspiring to them because it's literally looking at you like that is me and I can be that person. Oh, too. hell yeah. Like, yeah. Like I grew up in the Poconos. It's just like anyone that's from the West Coast and not familiar with the East Coast. It's like the big bear. Um, where um that poconos in pennsylvania, pennsylvania. it like borders jersey it's like oh, okay. it's like a big bear it's, it's like, like living in a big bear like, okay yeah you know, i love big bear yeah like great. an hour or two outside of philly not even yeah okay. it takes me like an hour and 15 to get to new york city not really yeah, it's not you know? crazy far by any but means. but i grew up there and then i went to college at the university of scranton i went for public relations and then did you know michael scott I did not know mm. Michael Scott. Okay. I know, I'm sorry, but still went to Scranton. Um, and then I started uh, working in PR and I was working at an agency where at the time, like it was just start starting to get cool and like people were catching on where like you needed to gift like artists, like music artists shit because they'll wear it and they'll talk about it and they're seen a lot, you know? So I started doing this at this agency I was at and the public relations like industry has this news quarterly and they do these top 10 rising stars every year. And that year they recognized me as one wow. of the 10 and like put me in their industry quarterly. So Casio, who has the brand G-Shock watches, mm -hmm. they get that magazine, they got it, they saw me in there, they were reading about what I was doing in the PR game, and they found me on LinkedIn. How old were you? I was 23 at the time. Okay. And, and they, you had just gotten a job locally at a PR I bartended firm. initially when I got out of high school, uh, college. Okay. I bartended until I could find a job. And then my first job I took in Newark, New Jersey. So from the Poconos. Shout out to Jersey, son. Man, so I commuted two and a half hours each way Ooh. every day. I was on Good Morning America. That, wow. I made it on Good Morning America because they did this whole thing about like people that were really passionate about finding their career 
career and like the, that they'll go to the depths for That's it. So cool. And so they followed me on my commute. I didn't even know this commute. about you. Yeah, Holy they shit. got in the car and followed me on my commute because literally I would leave my house. I was living with my parents at the time. I would leave my house every day at 5.30 in the morning. Wow. Bitch. I would drive to Newark. I had to do all this bullshit PR coordinator stuff to like get my foot in the door. And then I wouldn't get home until nine o'clock at night. Girl. It was Bye. crazy. But so Cassio I'd saw that. <laughs> I, I love to hear this. Like I, I the stuff like this is like so inspiring. Yeah, even Cassio I'm getting inspired. Really. This is exciting, and I've known most of this. Go I love on. being the little in this situation. <laughs> <laughs> but um, Cassio saw that, so they found me on LinkedIn. They reached out to me, asked me if I would come in and talk because they were doing some stuff with G-Shock. So I went in and I was, yeah, 23 at the time. And I sat with them and they were just like asking me, you know, what I would do with the brand and whatnot. And I was telling them they really needed to like get back penetrating like urban music and hip hop because that's so, where like G-Shock stem from. So were you a fan or like did you grow up listening to hip hop? Or, oh yeah, okay. I was. I grew up. I had an older sister, and my sister was the one that put me on to everything. So okay. I was like, so you're already. I like was a. I was a biggie, all day, every day. Biggie and Puff. Like Biggie and Puff was what I love listening to completely. And then a little Paul Abdul every here and there. She was my face, <laughs> you know. But um, Just throw a little monkey wrench in there. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so I sat with them, and then um, I I interviewed. I interviewed with like seven people the first time I went there, like all the way up to the president of G Shock, and. I left there and they called me like 20 minutes after I left. They asked me to come back. I turned around, came back. I went to HR and they're like, okay, like we want to give you the position of senior manager of public and artist relations for the company. And, wow. you know, like here's a starting salary, which was at the time $90,000. So for a 23 year old, oh I'm like, hello. I'm like $90,000. And, and they're like, and you have a staff of six and da, da, da. And one of my staff members was like 37 years old. And I was like 23. So I'm like, like turning 22. And now I ha I'm like, wow, I have so much right. more. Wait, have where's their office based So their point, office in is in Dover. Oh, it's in Dover, Delaware. New Jersey. Oh, no, New Dover, Jersey. New Jersey. Okay. Uh, by Rockaway Mall. Never going Never there. Gone That's there. Northwest Jersey. Oh, we don't okay. venture that yeah, way. It's like by Cherry Hill, a little bit over that way. I would, Wait, I would Cherry say. Hill's all the way Cherry down Hill? South Jersey. No, -uh, is it? Yes. Literally Franklin. All Franklin the way Hill. Down. I'm talking about Franklin. Okay, yeah. Okay. That's okay. what I'm talking about. Yeah. Franklin. Well, it's like honey, no. Yeah. <laughs> Cherry but, Hill down here. <laughs> but I took the job, obviously, and I started and That is so crazy. When I was working with them, like that was my thing. They were doing the revival of G Shock and they wanted to break into hip hop. So I knew this guy at Complex Magazine at the time and he had hit me up and he was like, yo, I'm shooting Kanye West today. Like, do you have any oh offices my, yeah. or do you have any watches you could drive into the city and get here within an hour? Because he's like hella picky and like everything has to be here. Da, da, da. So I'm like on it. Grab all these watches from our showroom, get in the car, drive to New York, go to the um, to the photo shoot, drop all the watches off, leave. The guy from Complex calls me later that day and he's like, yo, like, I think your watch got on the cover. And I'm like, Girl. get the fuck out of here. And he's like, I think it did. I think because I had pulled this pink one and I'm like, I feel like he would like fuck with this pink one. And he loved it. And he was like, I have all the watches for you, but not that pink one. And I'm like, that's totally fucking fine. Let him keep the goddamn <laughs> pink one. Kanye I don't care. Yeah. Keep all and, of them. I don't care. And yeah. And we ended up on the cover. And so. Wow. That, Did you get like a fucking like standing ovation at work? Oh were my you God. The they sent me to fucking Japan. They were like, bitch, go to Japan and learn our brand. Like, we want you to know everything. Well, I went to Japan so for two months and wow. learned the brand from, yeah, from Mr. Cashio. 
Mr. Cascio, I, I was in his office daily with him learning the G-Shock brand, going into the actual factories, watching the watches be made, going to Shinjuku, seeing how like they actually marketed the watch over there, meeting the artists in Japan that they were working with at the time. Um, and then that catapulted into them trusting me enough to spearhead a deal with Kanye. And so we spearheaded a deal. I spearheaded the deal with Kanye for two years with G-Shock as the it's, ambassador. Yeah. And when you think about G-Shock, it's like so synonymous now Crazy. with being an urban brand. Right, yeah. I just so, think of my baby G watch I had in Baby G, grade. right? Yeah. yeah. Love that shit. And that was kind of the start of it. But the thing was, is we we busted all our budget on him because he at the time we gave him we did a deal with him for 450,000 for the I two years say, which is like million no like, and it's nothing nowadays but that you know back in 2006 like 450,000 for a two-year deal you're like what and that was basically our home marketing budget and they put all of that trust in you to be able to yeah. make that happen which he was very he was the worst artist to work with uh, hands mean, down like worst shocked. artist I'm so shocked. ever so shocked. Oh, in I in my life like, again fuck yeah but but the difficult like the task for me was the fact that I had to make sense of this story that they were trying to sh tell of like being this brand that championed hip hop with like one artist. Yeah. So I'm like, how the fuck am I going to do this? So that's when like independence and hip hop started to become a thing. And I just started to tap in like Atlanta was the first area I tapped into with currency. Um, and uh, I just started to tap in with like different managers that had artists that weren't signed that needed a platform. For currency, was that Musa? Yeah, Musa. Oh my god. Yep. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, so I'm like, I could give these artists something because they need a platform. So I have advertising dollars. I'll put them in the ads. I'll give like I'll have them be the watch ambassadors. I'll you know when I throw events, I'll have them be the performers. Like. I'll be the platform for their awareness. Amazing. Because at the time, like, we didn't have Instagram yet, crazy enough. Like, we didn't have that stuff. Mm -hmm. So that's what I did. So, like, I tapped into so currency. this is, like, 06, 07, 08. This is 07, 08 So now. this is the blog era starting to it's take start, Everything's crazy. starting to bubble, yeah. yep. And, like, indie's starting to come up. So, like, I tapped into currency. I tapped into Wale, um, Jeremiah. And who was our other person? And Kesha on the pop side because oh, wow. we needed a pop person. Yeah. So I tapped into those three, and like then it just snowballed. Then we became cool because people are like, "Yo, you got to." That's fuck actually amazing. Like, yeah. you know, they're doing this dope shit for artists, and like I was putting all of these artists in. Oh, Kid Cudi was our other one, and I was putting those are okay. All these are all like big ass. Great, at, yeah. At the time like that I you're look back at my about... photos with them, and I'm like, "Oh my god, we're all such babies." Like how you'll put your photos up mm -hmm. with me, I'm like, "Oh man." Mostly me and just dips it. Like. <laughs> <laughs> right but yeah so that's what I did and that's kind of what I was known for and I hated corporate because you know a lot of people didn't men. want me to advance like there was a lot of men unfortunately did you feel that because oh was yeah a woman? I, I fought it yeah like there was times I would come in I remember one time they sent me home because they said my skirt was too short what and it really wasn't like I was so frustrated about it the next day I got a lawyer and I was like this is just that, ridiculous and yes, how did, how did that get handled so well then I had to collect like a whole bunch of stuff to like justify Evidence. my yeah justify my claim but in the meantime so you were so I, I'm just sorry to no, cut you fine. off but I think that like that's interesting because I feel like a lot of people are like why don't people do things in the moment like nobody ever does it but you did like oh yeah and, and it was did. and it was not just now it's like oh you yeah took the steps back then yeah. oh yeah no yeah I was definitely so that kind of catapulted me to be like all right I'm 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 gonna file something against this company like fuck this wow. shit but in the meantime Clinton Sparks had tapped into me Clinton Sparks amazing producer produced for Lady Gaga mm -hmm. um 50 Cent Eminem 
he had tapped in because he had saw what I was doing for my company and he was out here in LA and he's like, I need a full-time publicist and you know, you're dope at what you do. And he I had can the help. Get Familiar brand. He had the Get Familiar brand and he's like, I can help navigate you out in LA. Like, you know, let's work together. Like come out here. So I'm like, man, you know what? Fuck it. Like fuck Casio. Like fuck everything I've been doing here. Like, and I had noticed that a lot of people weren't really giving indie artists a platform to like give them PR services and digital marketing. So I'm like, I could work with Clinton and start my own company and like cater to independent hip hop artists and like do projects with them and help them. So that was the plan. So I literally resigned from Casio on Valentine's Day. Wow. It was oh, like wow. so important for me to resign on Valentine's Day because like I had this like year are we in I'm now? breaking up with you relationship. Oh my um, gosh. This is in now 2012. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. You so I was with Casio minute. for six years. Holy shit. Okay. Uh huh. Yep. And then in 2012. And all the while you're all the way on the East Coast still. Yeah, but I'm like traveling. Like now I'm with tapped in and doing shit in LA. I'm doing okay. shit in Vegas because now I have all of these artists that I've brought onto the roster that are all indie guys that like. I'm doing different things with them. And now so, they fuck with you because yeah, you didn't put so, money in their pockets. Exactly. So they're always going to So fuck I'm with like, you. I'm moving, I'm doing Grammy event. Like, I'm tapped into everything. So I'm like, it's going to be easy to go out in LA because I've been maneuvering out there for the past five years with people. Like, I know that. So yeah, I resigned. I came out here, started working with Clinton, and not even like a month after being here, a company had found me and asked me to come in and um, work for the Little Wayne Do Easy campaign at the time. So Wayne was doing this Do Easy campaign with Mountain Dew. <laughs> I love that. And they were creating kind of like their own team. It was like when a lot of companies were starting to get into the space of like, okay, we're just going to create collectives and bring them in and like build our own team to understand how to touch the culture with like people that are actually doing it. So it was actually myself, Karen Civil. Um, and that's how I met Karen. I met Karen during the uh, Do Easy campaign. It was myself, Karen Civil, and then three other people from this agency, SA, and then a Glue Agency with Derek Jackson. Shout out Derek. He's killer, too, out in New York. And um, we worked that campaign for two years, and then that spawned into me getting the Brisk Bodega series. Uh, Brisk Bodega was Brisk Bodega fire. Series and I campaign. always wanted to go every year and fucking, I never fucking went. That was my favorite. That's when I really like tapped in with artists because then when I worked the Bodega campaign, we actually, um, we we curated these pop-up bodegas with like dope-ass artists. That oh, you were, were part of that? Yeah, I wow, ran that. I remember that I shit. That was like that. 2011. Yeah, after, I, after we did Do Easy and we killed it, there, like a Pepsi, has Mountain Dew and Briss. So after we killed it for Pepsi for Mountain Dew, they were like, well, fuck, like we're bringing you all back to Briss Bodega. And ironically enough, um, we did it in Miami, we did it in New York, we did it in um, Atlanta, and then we came here out here to do it in LA. And at the time, Problem was bubbling. And so I wanted him on the um, showcase with Ty Dollar Sign. I had Ty Dollar Sign on it. I had Ty Dollar Sign on it. There's no Show R Moses. in dollar, Melissa. Sorry, dollar. dollar sign. Dollar <laughs> And uh, Problem. And that's like when I first met Problem because wow. um, I had him on that series. But then, yes, and then that spawned into me having my own agency. I've had MMKPR for the last eight years. That spawned into then me managing. Then I picked up Problem. Well, before Problem, I was working with Jado with Busta. And I worked with Busta Rhymes alongside him for two years, working with Jado. And then that spawned into Problem. And then youngster and here i am today that's like wow. a cliff notes version i that love so much in between so, but <laughs> what's your day-to-day -day like now for people who don't really Fucking know what crazy. a manager does or like or if someone's looking for a manager we had someone like a couple weeks ago write in about 
you know, trying to uh, manage an artist and trying to get him to be popping. Like, what do you do? Like, what, what well, is it that you do every I day? I think, first off, there's no day that's alike. You know what I mean? Like, if you're going to be a manager, you got to be okay with the fact that you really don't know what the fuck is going to happen when your head is off that pillow in the morning because there's just so much. You know what I mean? As much as you think you know your day, you really don't because there's different wrenches and wheels that get thrown off. But, I mean, really, like... I'm connecting with legal on stuff. You know, right now we're working on new contracts for 2019. So I'm working with, I'm touching base with legal every day. Um, you know, I'm touching base with his label, Youngsters with Epic. So uh, the the deal he has, it's CMG, Heavy Camp, and Epic. So it's kind of like a trifecta situation. So all of us, Gotti, myself, and then Epic, you know, we're all a team for Youngsta. So it's like making sure I'm tapped in with CMG stuff, making sure I'm tapped in with Epic. Um, you know, if we're in album cycle, figuring out what we're we're strategizing for. If we're in rollout, then that's, you know, getting interviews together, getting radio. I just had to do a radio impact call for two hours yesterday trying to figure out markets, you know, for a song that we're going to go after and, and make a focus track and a single. So there's a lot that goes into it. So I feel like, you know, a lot of people are always like, well, you know, what, what do managers do or, or what do I need to be a manager? And I think, like, every manager should have their niche. Like, for me, I'm dope as fuck at creating strategy Girl, like so i'm super shit. like you you know problem gave me an album cover and i created a, a goddamn website uh a interactive cartoon world you know like i'm really good at, at get at figuring out how to deliver it to the fans in a really exciting way and then you know i have the publicity black background so i have great relationships when it comes to media i have great relationships with the digital streaming platforms and things like that but then you have managers out there that are great with you know legal and they're they're great with you know the business side of things and they're you know have a great year for the music so I really always say like you just got to find what you know you can deliver well for an artist that is going to be advantageous and beneficial and that's really what your role should be and then you got to learn the rest do you think too that your background in PR kind of makes you almost doubly as uh helpful to your team because oh, you can hell be yeah. the publicist and the manager I mean, I, I always tell people, I'm like, you got to go into a role, especially in the music industry, because everyone in the music industry can be replaced. So you got to go into a role being an indispensable person. Mm -hmm. And that's really what I take away from it. Like, I'm indispensable because not only can I pick up and do your PR, but... I can figure out how to write a contract because I'm working with your legal so much and I understand the terminology. I can draft your marketing plans. I can go to your digital streaming platform people because I know exactly who they are and, and make sure that, you know, things are prepped there. I know how to do your distribution. You know, like there's a lot of things that I'm not going to say I'm an A1 person at, but I know how to do it. And if I don't know how to do it, I'm going to fucking figure it out. It sounds to me like you picked up a lot of this on the way you just oh, had yeah so how it's learning it's learning by being in it right and so how much or now that you look back at it like how important was school in in any of this because I know a lot of people who might want to do something similar to you might not have yeah the same you know what I mean education. I think school is is it's optional for for if you want that experience you know school was an experience for me I I needed that discipline to just have those four years to like I don't know, learn some more new shit and like make friends and figure out how to be social and an adult. You know what I mean? Were you good but at school? Did yeah. You? Okay. I, I graduated cum laude. Oh, <laughs> shout yeah. out. Yeah. She's getting more bossy by the minute. <laughs> but I say all that to say is 
I what I love about now in this day and age, like back then, you really didn't have options to like go to one off, you know, schools or go to workshops or things like that. They weren't popular back then. Now, and especially if you live in LA, like there's so many workshops or I need to tap into more. Yeah, or like 1500 Academy. Shout out to them and, and Lawrence and all those guys that are doing their thing over there. But like 1500 Academy, they have you know classes. They just did a class with Nipsey Hustle. And you could pay and you could go in and they de deconstructed Vic Victory Lab with Nipsey Fire. Hustle. And like, I think those are beneficial. So it's like, I wouldn't say, you know what? Yeah, you got to go spend $26,000 a year, you know, for four years to, to get that degree. And then you can do what I do. I say, fuck that, but take some money and at least go get some workshops under your belt or do yep, some one-off classes what I that cater mm -hmm. to what you're looking to do. Go learn from someone so where like do you me. find those workshops or where would you suggest I mean, someone well, to start? I think a lot of it is, you know, being tapped in online with like, depending on, I'm in the music industry. So it's like, I follow a lot of the labels or there's like her music club or like I was saying, 1500. I follow a lot of them and like they post them too. But I think, you know, like following your mentors and like a lot of these organizations that are with in your field of interest, they're always doing stuff like that. And also the local colleges, they offer one-off type classes and stuff. So it's really like just doing a little bit of the research and going online and seeing if they have like a business management class or seeing if they have, you know, a publicity workshop and things like that. They're available and out there. And I think those go so much farther because not only do you get that knowledge, but then you have the networking opportunity to the end of it. And even if you talk to seven people and one of those ends up, you know, working with you and, and collaborating with you, it's still one more than you left with. Absolutely. Fucking or then you started. There yeah. With, you know, I'm the same. Like, I, I feel like that's the most important piece of advice. Like this industry, particularly, I don't think college is what mm -mm. we need, but we do need classes. You know, I always you need thick skin. Like <laughs> for that, this that industry, you, do. Yeah. you fucking need that. I, I tell my, you know, people that ask me, I'm like, I don't think you need college, but go take a Photoshop class. Yeah. Go take yeah. a that, public speaking yeah. class. Skill like, set. Yeah. Sharpen your skill set. It's not really about the school anymore. I hate to say that because, again, to each his own. But, you know, sharpen your skill set is really where it's at. What do you think? Um, we got to get the fuck out of here. Um, you know, as you as you're looking forward to grow this empire, like what what do you what does that look like to you? Oh, God, what does that look like to me? You know what? I don't know. And I'm OK with not knowing because there's just so much I'm trying to touch. And I think that's the beauty of it. You know, like one thing Youngster said to me when I first started working with him with at first, I'm like, that's so ironic coming from you. But then like I thought about it and now I'm always thinking about it. It's like he was always like, don't chase the money, chase the dream. You know, and like so my dream is to be like the best of the best of what I'm trying to do, which is, you know, running his label, which is being a music manager. You know, like as long as I'm being the best coach, I'm always going to get players like players eventually have to retire mm -hmm. coaches you can be the best coach in the game a lot longer than a player can be the wow, best player that's such a good you know what i mean bro. so yeah. like i just i i don't know what that is i just know for me i'm trying to be the best coach because i know as long as i'm the best coach You'll i'm always, always gonna, gonna have, have a kick-ass team the, yeah. yeah i'm always gonna have a kick-ass team to go out there with you know what i mean so do you want you want to add more like you know you have two artists well three or, yeah, I mean, um, I want to. Like but Scooter I'm, has a lot, yeah. Yeah, like I, I mean, I want to be a fucking enterprise. You know yeah. what I mean? Like eventually, I want to be that, but I don't want to take on too much too quick because then I don't want to like water things down. You know, I want to, I want to focus on who I have and and all of them. You know, youngsters, 
he's out there, but he still has levels to go, yeah. you know, and, and prob levels to go. And my producer, even though he's won Grammys, more levels to go. Like this industry is an onion. Like you can always peel away. And so I'm just going to keep peeling away. I wish we had more time because I really want to get into you about like oh the my different gosh, so managers Real, as we well. We have to bring her back. No, we do. Next no, week. Really, really, we're doing a part two next week. I kept sure. saying I her, I'm like, I've always wanted to come on. Like, I'm coming on now. Yeah. I'm going to come up here. You know? I'm so happy that you told your story oh, for like oh, our absolutely. listeners. Like, they're going to like and for love that. Yeah. Yes. And I'm like, <laughs> and I'm good at answering people. So my Instagram is at MMKPR. And Super I'm simple. very good. Yeah. At MMKPR. And I love answering people and just giving advice and all of that stuff. Yeah. So it's all the fans that have been asking questions about this type of shit tap in hey um m-e-i-a podcast at gmail.com follow us on instagram and twitter at marissa explains you can listen to us on soundcloud and itunes um we will be uploading you know quick 10 minute clips to our youtube channel that you are hopefully already subscribed to at youtube.com slash marissa mendez and beyond that we have signed up for patreon we will have details coming soon of what you can get i did not pick a winner for last week's contest so you can still enter if you go on my uh, post about Cushy Punch and tell us your favorite moment of the podcast and follow myself and Cushy Punch CBD. Um, we'll get you right. So we'll announce winners next episode and we love you guys. Bye.